eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Wells Fargo Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here, and get used to it because it's Greg and I tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday night. Good to have you, bud. Holding down the fort, Rick. Uh, great to do it with you. This is a this is a really cool tournament. I, I love talking about it. I'm I'm happy to get the chance to chat Wells Fargo with you tonight. Yeah, I mean, Quell Hollow, honestly, for me, we have a great leaderboard, and we'll talk about some of the guys, but it kind of steals the show, right? I love the green mile. 16, 17, and 18 played brutally difficult on Friday. I also love that we've gotten a, a very similar morning afternoon wave like every afternoon it gets a lot harder around quail hollow basically a shot yes. more difficult and and it really uh it doesn't steal the show for me but it plays a large part in it well you think about all the drama that takes place down the stretch we've seen it in both these first two rounds um you, you think about yesterday with jordan spieth on uh on, on 18 and xander on 18 as well uh, today you have Rory and pretty close to the Creek, Jason day, making a mistake on 17, um, taking him from inside the cut line to outside the cut line. Um, so those last three holes, I mean, they played the, the most difficult three holes on the golf course today, one, two, and three, right. 16 was one, 17 was two and 18 was three. Uh, and it, it just, it makes for a really exciting round. That stupid little Creek on 18, just it just collects golf balls. I love it. And even if it stays yeah. out, you have a difficult stance like Rory had, or just like, now what am I going to do? Right. I mean, we saw Rory yeah. remember, uh, I guess it was 21 where he and Harry diamond. They just like advanced it further up the hill. Right. It yes. Was oh, I remember that. <laughs> it's like, what are you going to do here? I don't know. Just like hit it 10 yards over there. I right. No that, was, that was a long discussion. I, I remember that. <laughs> 
Yeah, very long. Uh, we'll get to Rory McIlroy played in the afternoon wave. We're going to start with the morning wave here. And Justin Thomas bettered his Thursday 68 with a Friday 67. It was one under going out, but then on his second nine, the front nine on the golf course, he made birdies on four, six, and eight. So JT, a place where he's won one of his major championships, is vibing around Quail Hollow yet again. Yeah, clearly, uh, clearly a good place for him. Uh, and, and, you know, JT this year has kind of had to be a little more scrappy than in past years. Uh, his ball striking hasn't really been up to the level, maybe better of late, but it hasn't really been up to the level uh, that we're used to seeing out of Justin Thomas. And this week, it seems to be making a little resurgence. Um, you see, he was fourth in, in strokes gain approach the green today, yeah. which which is a really welcome sign for Justin Thomas. Um, you know, hitting the ball a little bit better is is a really good sign for him. And and he also holds some really nice putts. He did he missed a couple of eight footers, but all in all, I mean he he, he rolled in a couple of really nice ones. So it, it seems like he's got um he's got the speed down on the greens this week too. Yeah, vintage JT gaining 3.1 strokes on approach on Friday. Uh, Xander Shoffley, the other big name that went out early this morning. It was a two under 69, Greg, which is going to beat the field average by two shots. It will beat the the morning wave by, um, let's see here, uh, a little bit more than that. No, I guess a little bit less than that. But I'm looking at the stat profile here. He was 36th off the tee. 48th on approach, 102nd around the green, and 39th with the flat stick. He didn't do anything great. He gained strokes to the field, and that's kind of what Xander does every single day of his life. Yes, uh, he did the same thing yesterday, right? 33rd off the tee, 32nd approach the green, 28th around the green, and 14th putting, uh, and yet he finds himself right near the top of the lead. Uh, you know, it, it's kind of... On a golf course like this, I find it to be quite interesting. Um, there's a lot of players near the top of the lead that have profiles like this. Uh, we're not seeing a lot of guys leading. You know, one thing I like to always do is look at the uh, statistical leaderboards, right? Who's leading off the tee? Who's leading approach? Who's leading? And, and I, I'm always looking for a correlation. Oh, all the guys that are leading uh, in around the green are leading the tournament. You know, I'm always looking for something like that. And it's not there this week because the guys near the top of the leaderboard have been, for the most part, well-rounded. Uh, Xander is the epitome of that. And while this was kind of a today, uh, he didn't really get a whole lot going. He he has himself in, in a great position in this tournament, um, you know, and, and might be leading if it weren't for a mistake off the tee at, uh, at 18 yesterday. Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, uh, out of the morning wave. Those were two guys that were discussed heavily before the tournament started as opportunities to win to win the golf tournament. The three guys from the early wave who are currently tied for the lead at eight under par, not necessarily part of that large conversation. Terrell Hatton, Nate Lashley, and Wyndham Clark. Greg, where would you like to start here? Which one do you want to go with first? Uh, well, let's take it right in order. We'll go. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with Hatton first. Terrell Hatton, a flurry to end his Friday. He played the front nine as his second nine, made a birdie on six, an eagle on seven, and another birdie on nine. That's four under in his final four holes to vault him from two under par to six under par for the round, moving him to eight under par for the tournament. And Terrell Hatton might might have just found a golf course he liked, Greg. 
Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we, let's wait and see for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> look, look, a lot of a lot of putts fell for Tyrrell Hatton today. Um, you know, I, I, he probably had he didn't lead in the category, but I mean, I mean, he made a lot of putts from long range and of the guys near the top of this leaderboard, uh, he seemed to have the best feel. Uh, and, and that opportunity to get hot late in the round was, um, was pretty cool. So if you flip this scorecard around, it doesn't feel quite as good. Yeah. If, if he ends with a couple of bogeys in the green mile, and that's something that they'll have to contend with over the weekend. Uh, but all in all, he's a really solid driver of the golf ball. And he is a solid ball striker who can get really hot with the putter. So Tyrrell Hatton has some win equity at this point, not just because he's in the lead, uh, but but because he's while he putted really well today and that's what vaulted him to the top of the leaderboard. I don't think he has to lean on that through the remainder of the week. Uh, I, I think on a golf course like this, his ability to put the ball in the fairway, he, he hit nine fairways in both of the first two rounds. Uh, I, I think that's something that can give him a really nice advantage. Terrell Hatton's last win, Greg, do you remember? Uh, on the, take, on the PGA take, tour API. Okay. I was going to say, I'll take either his most recent PGA tour win or worldwide win. Correct. There 2020 API, his only PGA tour win. He has won. Uh, let's see. He won twice on the European tour after that. What, uh, he won, um, at uh, Carnoustie and St. Andrews and um, the Alfred Dunhill links. Yep. Th- he won it twice. That was pre that was prior 16 and 17. Okay. Um, and then did he I, win in Dubai? He won, he won Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Okay. Yep, that was his most recent. And then the one, the only, yeah, that was what I forgot. The one that I remembered was at Wentworth because remember he grew up going. Oh, to that's right. BMW PGA championship. That was in. That's October. a big one. Big one. That was in October of the year that he won API, which was which was 2020. So Terrell Hatton uh, in the mix again. Uh, Greg mentioned the putting. He gained two and a half strokes putting on Friday. That's 10th in the field as of right now. Nate Lashley. Nate Lashley. Mm-hmm. Friday, 66. Not a single bogey on the card. I am looking at the results for Nate Lashley, and I'm looking for top 10s. Let's see what I can find. A T3 in Puerto Rico in March. A T7 at the Sony Open in January. Before that, it was Puerto Rico again <laughs> the year before March. So that is that is three top 10 finishes on the PGA Tour dating back to March of 2022, about 14 months ago. So this is not a position we have seen Nate Lashley frequent as of late. Especially not in designated events, right? Um, now, here's the here's the thing. He has been the best player this week. I mean, you look at what Nate Lashley has done, and whether you're looking at uh, the eye test, watching the rounds, he's been in control more than anybody else. Uh, he's putting the ball in the fairway, putting the this is like the the sleepy rounds of golf, right? He's putting the ball in the fairway, putting the ball on the green, and sprinkling in a couple putts here and there. He's the only guy that's made this extremely difficult golf course look somewhat easy over the first two days. Uh, leading the field and stroke skate approach the green. Uh, like I said, I mean, as I'm going through some of these other leaderboards, he's the only guy near the top where I'm saying, oh, okay. You know, Nate Lashley is the guy. Oh, no. then it's Nate Lashley. <laughs> Nate, Lashley. <laughs> and he, Nate Lashley can't be the guy. That is a sentence no one has ever said before. No, uh, but that's what 
this is the the difficult thing about our job, right? What, what do you stick with? Do you stick with numbers? I mean, you can't just detach the name from it because he is. I mean, I know he's won on the PGA Tour and and in electric fashion, by the way. Maybe this is maybe this is a, a runaway Nate Lashley week, like it was at the Rocket Mortgage a couple of years ago. Yeah, he where he got in on like Wednesday night, right? Like yes, into the event like Wednesday night. He wasn't even on DraftKings. Most books didn't even offer him. He won by like five or six shots. He went wire to wire. If that if that is one win, and the second win is this uh, Wells Fargo Championship, an elevated event, like five years later. That would be a pretty a pretty unique resume. Look, it, yes, it would, and it's he's you highlighted it. We talk about that win. He's in. He is like an ultimate popper. He just pops up sometimes. It's very rare, but his good stuff is really good. And yeah. so he he scares me. Now, you have to put the name on it, and you have guys like Justin Thomas and Xander Shoffley, and they're not the only ones, but there are a lot of heavy hitters on this leaderboard. So can he bring his best stuff in this field on this golf course for four days? Uh, I think he'll have to. Uh, I would be surprised if he did, but the numbers are saying that he's the guy. So, so it, it's fun. It's fun, but it's a challenge. We'll check back in in 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. The guy uh, both had and Lashley at eight under the third man at eight under is Wyndham Clark. And there is nobody, Greg, nobody that we have gotten a better ROI from in terms of strokes gained oxygen, because we have spent so much oxygen on Wyndham Clark and he continues to make us look phenomenal. It was a, a second consecutive 67 and whatever this man found with his irons in Tory Pines, uh, I, I need the magic combination because he has been studly on approach and he's doing it again this week. He's fifth in strokes gained approach, 4.2 strokes for the week. It's unbelievable the run he's been on. 14 greens both days. Um, it's really an amazing turnaround. I mean, you're talking about, and he, and he does it in elevated events too, yes. right? He, yes. he does it everywhere. The amazing thing about him is he, he has really turned in seemingly the blink of an eye, a absolute weakness into uh, absolute strength. I I would love to know um, what it is that that caused this. I doubt this is something that took place in his golf swing. Maybe some maybe some little tweak that helped, but this feels like a like a strategy change. I mean, he's only hit ten fairways the first two days. He hit, he hit six yesterday and four today, and and he's been able to hit some long irons out of the rough, out of fairway bunkers and been able to put it onto the green, avoid mistakes uh, and, and take advantage, roll in a couple of putts here and there too. So yeah, Wyndham Clark has something going on. I worry about him come Sunday. uh, And and that seems to be the next hurdle for him when he gets in contention, when he gets near the lead, can he deliver the same kind of performance? He hasn't been able to do that of late. He's been a little bit of a fader down the stretch, but he's putting himself in better and better positions. Um, and and uh, this is just yet another opportunity for him to uh, leap that hurdle. Entering the week over the last 36 rounds, he was the third best player in this field, a stacked field in strokes gain approach behind Tony Finau and Xander Shoffley. So Finau, Shoffley, Clark. By the way, is Josh, is that photo from today? Is he using... 
is that the grip he's using on his putter? That, uh, yes, it is. That is a if you're not watching on YouTube, it is a first off, it's a super stroke that looks bigger than the biggest super stroke I've ever seen. And it's also incredibly long. I've never seen a super stroke like that. It is the entire length of his forearm, hand hand to forearm. It's outrageous. It's, it's long. Yeah, it, it's a longer putter. Obviously, if it was <laughs> if it was regulation size, <laughs> goes down to the there'd be no shaft. <laughs> wow. Um. Yeah, but he he grips that thing down. You know, somewhat in the middle of the grip, and he can roll it too. I mean, I mean, he, the start of his career, a lot of his work came on the greens. Yeah, it's a scary combination. And he's long. Very. So, like, he's a long hitter who can putt and just figured out how to hit his irons and wedges. That is, like, yep. no wonder he's got what feels like 15 top 10s this year. Yeah. He, you know, the, the, the skill set now, when you add in this iron play, is elite. But he, he's got to start to believe that. And, and he, can be what, he can be one of these, you know, big name. He could be a big name. If he if he can believe it, uh, and I really I watch him play. That's the last step for him. I was so impressed in Phoenix when when because he was in a couple of final groups with um like Scheffler and Rom on the weekend. So, but is there a precedent? He's been a, he's been on tour for six or seven years. Is there yeah. a precedent for a guy that kind of took this long to find it? And and listen, I know it's been. It's only been six months or whatever, or however long you want to say this great run. But is there a precedent for a guy where something clicked this kind of late in his career and he and it continues for a, a, a an extended stretch? You know, there have been some situations. There are two guys that that I think of right off the rip, um, and that would be like Steve Stricker and Matt Kuchar. But they made they made dramatic swing changes. Right, their swings come they completely overhauled their swings and then went on to have you know extremely respectable careers. I mean, Matt Kuchar couldn't he, he could barely make a cut. I know he won the US amateur, but when he got out on tour, he lost his card. He was playing on the Corn Ferry tour. He changed his swing and became one of the more consistent players on the PGA tour. Uh, and Steve Stricker did something very similar. Those would be the first two guys that come to mind. But with Wyndham, it's not. Uh, it's not that dramatic. I mean, what, Max Homa, it, probably yeah, not that long. Like a it, yeah, but it, and it was also like more of a gradual progression. This is like yeah. literally at Tory Pines, his numbers flipped, and he's been holding on to it for five months. Yeah, it was. I, I haven't checked in the last two weeks or so, um, but it was in in five weeks after Farmers. Four of those weeks were his four best. I remember gate approach weeks. Yes, which is, you know, it, it's outrageous. It it doesn't happen four times in a row. No, nobody has unless it's your first four starts. Right? Nobody has their best strokes gate approach weeks four weeks in a row. Starts two through five of your career that can happen. Not, yes. not like two hundred in or whatever we are. No, it, uh, it's. It's very, uh, very unique, and it's deserving of the oxygen we give it. Yeah, I'm excited for him. I hope he, I hope he pulls one of these off. All right, uh, we will uh, transition to the afternoon wave, and then we'll look at the betting board. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. That eight under par number, which is the lead for Hatton Lashley and Wyndham Clark, was important because that's where K.H. Lee was when he stepped onto the tee of his final hole of the day, number nine in this case. And he ends up making a double there to drop him to six under. But, Greg, I say don't worry about it. This is just K.H. Lee getting reps in before he goes for the three-peat next week at Byron Nelson. Great call, by the way. Uh, Can I get it now? I just like, I don't want to wait until the odds come out. Let me just get it in now. This round of golf was so much better than 70. He's playing so good. He had a terrible tee shot on nine. And, you know, if you join the broadcast late and you start watching late, that's all you see. But this guy is swinging as well as anybody out here, you know? And, and again, if you go through these rounds of golf and take the names off of them, uh, Nate Lashley is one of my guys. KH Lee would be my other. Uh, he just, he looks so, so steady. I mean, he's, he's only missed five greens so far this week. Um, it really been just incredible ball striking. And you remember at the president's cup, he played really well. He was two and one there, uh, beat Billy Horschel in a singles match. But even uh, in addition to the performance during that week, Everybody on his team was saying that KH Lee was the guy who was taking all their money in the practice rounds. So I I really, I get the sense he really, really likes Quail Hollow. Uh, He's swinging really well right now. And KH Lee is, I I like what I'm seeing out of him. Not just for next week, but for this week too. Let's, let's, let's hope he just shoots like one under on Saturday, one under on Sunday, just flies under the radar. And we He's can, not flying under the radar, Rick. Get a good number out. The, the, the twice back-to-back champion at, at, at Byron Nelson won't fly under the radar. No. Fair enough. Um, Patrick Cantlay. Kind of averted disaster. He was three over through six, which moved him to one under par, which was uh, which will end up being the eventual cut line here. So he he was flirting with disaster very early in this round. Uh, he was able to bounce back on seven with a birdie. He got one on nine, and then he played his second nine at, at one under par to get it all back to even after the dust settled. So 67-71, he's four shots off the pace. That's a huge logjam of golfers. He's in a tie for, for 20th. But uh, Cantley didn't have his best stuff, but it was a gritty finish to the round. 
and he keeps himself in contention. The bogey at 18 is kind of disappointing, right? You feel much better at five than you do at four. Um, but considering the way this round started, I mean, even at number five, Rick, he had to make a six footer for par. Uh, that was, you know, things were starting to move pretty fast at that point. Uh, fortunate to bounce back with a, uh, with a, with a birdie at seven as well. Um, and, and hit a really nice shot into nine. So there were a couple good swings there that kind of got him back into the round. Uh, but Patrick Cantlay is, um, is in position. But again, this was a round where he just saved it. It's a major championship type round. Is there anything that he did really well today? Uh, no, he didn't do he didn't do anything well today except grind it out um, and and put up a respectable score. So this is a professional seventy one, if you will. Um, so just a couple of good shots, able to take advantage when he did get a couple of birdies on the card to make up for some of those mistakes. That's a professional beard he is sporting too. That's the best beard I've ever seen Patrick Cantlay have. Yeah, I I, I noticed that. It's I don't know. Maybe uh, Joey Lacava took the razor away, or maybe yeah. Uh, yeah, or maybe they're using um like the beard the beard lotion and getting it real nice and. Oh, you think they're working on it? Yeah, I think I think you got to have a commitment to it. It's not just letting it. That's grow. just not shaving. That's a, you know, there's care going on there. You're saying. Yeah, I think there's care. It looks good. It looks great. I love it. Yeah, Roy McElroy. Did not look great. Um, Rory didn't have a good day. It was ugly. It was ugly all around. The weapon, the driver, let him down. He lost, well, he only lost 0.2 strokes off the tee, but that's very bad for Rory. And it was 100th in the field for the day. He lost nearly two strokes on approach. Um, Rory had very, very little going, and he needed to make a five-footer for par on 18 to make the cut. Spoiler alert, he did. He's going to be seven shots off the pace. He's going to make the cut on the number, but that was not a Rory at Quail Hollow type of day. No, just like just like Patrick Cantlay there, he started making some mistakes. He wasn't really feeling it with the golf swings. Now you look at the, the bogey at number seven again. We did the same thing yesterday. Hit a huge block off that tee. Yeah. So he makes a bogey there, a bogey at 10 and, and had not even a good birdie opportunity at 15. So the failure to take advantage of those holes is a sign that things are a little bit off with the golf swing. I mean, of course you can see it just watching with the eye test, but where Patrick Cantlay takes advantage of some of those scoring holes and is able to salvage 71 uh, Rory's not. And he ends up, you know, kind of scrapping and clawing to make the cut. So, you know, short game was the best attribute of his game today. And even that wasn't great. He likes the short game here at Quail Hollow. But I will say this, um, Rory's first win on the PGA Tour, he made the cut on the number in this event. Uh, and he's only seven back. So that being said, everybody who made the cut it seems to be in the mix. And I think, uh, I don't think that you're going to see a 62 out of Rory, but he has probably a better ability than anybody else down this low on the leaderboard. He lost two shots to the field on Friday. He lost three shots alone on the par fives. Yeah, that's pro that is a problem, right? 
Yeah, lost a shot and a quarter on. I'm doing mental math, but a shot and a quarter on seven, shot and a quarter on eight. That's that's two and a half, and he lost a half a stroke on fifteen. That's three, three strokes on three par fives by Rory McIlroy. It's almost impossible. I bet you, I yeah. it might be like the like the worst he's ever done. And, and it all comes from the driver. Yeah, right? it's a right on seven, left on ten. I uh, I think right on fifteen. So you know th- that that's something that he's got to get dialed in. And one when when Rory loses the weapon like that, all of a sudden these other areas like the wedge play just start things start to get frustrating. Yeah, and, and you can kind of see it in his posture. So look, Rory's in a weird place this week. I'm sure we'll talk about him more tomorrow. But this almost this feels like opening day. This is like the first tournament of the year for Rory McIlroy to me. Because every there was so much buildup for Masters that's all let down, and now this is like a restart. And I'm not surprised that we're seeing a little bit of rust out of him. You mentioned the fact, and we'll get the uh, the odds board up here in a second. But before we do that, you mentioned the fact that everyone, everyone is within seven shots, and we saw like what I love about Quail Hollow is it's pretty fair, right? I mean, if yeah. you if you hit good shots, you are rewarded. If you hit bad shots, you are punished. So we saw, you know, six under 65s out there. And then we saw guys like, you know, Colin Morikawa and Jordan Spieth, two of the best players in the world, uh, shoot two over and six over. Jordan Spieth was six over 77. So there is a, a, a pretty wide range of scores, which makes me think that seven back is not, it's not that far back. It's not that far back. And you said right on top of the show, this is the other thing. This is why this is a beautiful test. This is where somebody who just got in on the cut or is sitting at, you know, maybe 300 par um, or, or something like that, they get a really early tee time. So they're only seven back, but they're teeing off hours ahead of the leaders. Mm. And as this golf course firms up through the afternoon, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there are some pretty big flips. Some of the guys late playing in those difficult, not that the conditions get difficult because there's been just no wind and you still see this challenge. Um, But all of a sudden you'll see guys with the ability to go shoot those 64s and 65s really move up the leaderboard and it can hold because it's, it's a lot harder to score a lot harder to get the ball close late in the afternoon. I'm definitely expecting that over the next couple of days. Yes, and looking at the weather, uh, I thought a couple of days ago we were expecting rain overnight tonight. Let me just see if that is still no. It actually looks pretty, uh, pretty clean. So maybe, maybe a little Saturday into Sunday, but I think we're, I think we're okay in terms of. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, so uh, let's see the odds board, please, and we'll see how this is shaping up. Terrell Hatton. Wow. First off, one, two, three, four, five guys, seven and a half to one or shorter. So that is Hatton, Shoffley, JT, Sung JM, Wyndham Clark. You want to go a little bit further than that, you get Adam Scott, Tommy Fleetwood, Max Homa, JJ Spawn, but uh, pretty stacked at the top. And this doesn't even consider those guys, you know, a handful like where's Patrick Cantlett, right? Like, what, right. Like, that's wow. I'm, I'm pretty surprised that we're not getting a, Patrick can't lay, you know, 11 to one or something. He's 22 to one. Uh, right. Which is a great number for him. Only four shots back uh, and and kind of struggling today. 
Nate Lashley also at that same number. So this is a fascinating board because there are just so many players on here that you really like. I mean, one for me would be KH Lee. He's yeah. a definitely a guy. KH Lee and Nate Lashley are two guys that um, that I really like. I'm still not afraid of a uh, Ricky Fowler who's down there at at, uh, at three under par. Uh, and getting involved in something like that right now could be, it, it could look a whole lot different tomorrow. Even though you have to scroll a ways to find their name on the leaderboard tonight, you don't have to scroll a whole lot of shots. So if you're at three under par and four shots back, you're very much in the mix and you can get some really good numbers down there. Um, so um, I'm totally fine with that. As for the guys that are up near the top, I think, you know, Shoffley and JT make a ton of sense. Hopefully you have a little action on them already. Um, but the guy on this board who I really like would be Adam Scott. Um, 16 to one. 16 to one. I think that's a good number. He's a proven winner out here. Maybe looking for a little resurgence. Didn't hit the ball great today. Scrambled his tail off. And he's put in really well too. And Rick, the last... I know that this is a ball strikers golf course, mm -hmm. but when you look at the last five winners at quail hollow, including the PGA and 17, they've all finished inside the top eight and strokes gained putting. So I'm, I'm considering a little more well-rounded game uh, needed. I'm okay with a little bit of scrambling like, like we saw from Adam Scott today. I mean, he had eight greens today. Now, four of those were inside of 10 feet. So I, I think there's a I think there's a good possibility with somebody like him. I like Max Homa, who shot a 67, was sixth off the tee, third on approach, lost two strokes putting, still gained four to the field, has won this event before, and is 22 to one. That's my, yeah, that's 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 the model. That's the model guy. I, I get it. I get <laughs> it. I, I still think Nate Lashley is the model guy. Oh, well. <laughs> Uh, well, we, we may or may not even be saying mentioning a word of Nate Lashley. <laughs> I, I know. I I have a feeling that we won't be, but boy, these first two rounds were beautiful. Uh, we'll be back this time tomorrow when the final putt drops on Saturday to discuss round three and, of course, round four. For now, big thanks. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.